every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What's going on? We check on, we check in what's going on across the Zone Sports Network. Uh, in this case, we're going to get to Kyle Whittingham coming up here momentarily. But what's going on? Brought to you by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6. It's a football Friday at The Warehouse, 1525 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Coach Mac Alema will be there. And price is so low, it'll blow your mind. In fact, uh, Tom likes to uh, show off for those two. So usually, I mean, the deals are always good, right, Gordon? But usually yeah. he, he does a little something special when those guys are around. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun show to listen to. Don't miss that. Uh, you'll get a kick out of it. We certainly do. That we do. It, it's been a lot of fun doing that this year. And uh, it'll roll on coming up on, on Friday. Looking forward to it. And we'll, of course, talk about the BYU game. And we'll talk about... Um, getting ready for the Pac-12, Gordon. And uh, yep. today was uh, a media day, kind of. And uh, I've gone to uh, a lot of the Pac-12 media days, and they're they're really great. It's a great experience, and you know you get to talk to every coach and a bunch of players, and it's a really a, a well-oiled machine. I've got to give them a lot of credit. But in 2020, the, that is not something that uh, is possible. So they did their best and uh, made all the coaches available today including Kyle Whittingham, who had a lot to uh, say to the media about his team. So uh, what, should we give it a listen, Gordo? Yes, let's do so. All right, here is Coach Witt from Pac-12 Media Day today. Okay, uh, first of all, uh, lost one of the great ones yesterday. There you go, Eddie Van Halen. want to give him a little tribute. Uh, great rock and roller, one of my all-time favorites, and he will be missed. So that's foremost on my mind right now. But, but uh, as far as the season, um, in the upcoming season, uh, we're excited to get going. Um, you know, our team was elated when, first of all, we found out that we were going to get to play again, and when we got the schedule last week, and and uh, have some direction now, and some and some uh, you know definitive uh, opponents to work towards, and uh, we're starting uh, fall camp on Friday, so they're eager to get back on the field uh, in a camp setting. And, uh, you know, season will be here before you know it. Four weeks from from, Friday, uh, from Saturday, rather, we got uh, Arizona Wildcats coming to our place. So a lot of excitement around here right now. All right. Thanks, Coach. We'll open it up for Q&A now. Uh, as a reminder, if you have a question, please use the raise hand function uh, on the menu on Zoom. Uh, first question will come from Josh Newman. Hey, good morning, Kyle. Um, good. When we spoke to you last week, uh, it sounded like your understanding was the NCAA may allow teams to begin practice with full pads. Do you have any more clarity on if that's possible? No more clarity than I did then. And I, I'm, I'm thinking as the days go by without anything being uh, announced that it's less and less likely. And so uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because we've been in no pads for you know, months now. And uh, to do it again uh, seems a little bit pointless, but but uh, so far, we've heard nothing, and we're right now anticipating that it will be a normal acclimatization period uh, starting on Friday, just like it would have been if we would have started fall camp on time. And just to follow that up, do you have any status update um, on 
RJ Hubert at this point? Yeah, he's working with us hundred uh, percent cleared, uh, doing everything uh, that, uh, you know, the, the team is doing uh, no, no restrictions. And uh, we still got to be careful with him, you know, coming off those knee surgeries and, and the, the severity of the injury uh, you know, you're not out of the woods yet. And uh, it'll be, we got to be smart when we start fall camp uh, and we start going every day that uh, we don't uh, overwork that, that knee of his. And so, uh, we'll, we'll take uh, precautions with that. But to this point, he's been uh, really good and had, has had no problems. All right. Next question will go to Nick Cosmiter. Hi, Coach. I, I wanted to sneak in a question, if I could, about a, a former player of yours, Tim Patrick, who's, who's starting to um, really make a name for himself uh, with, with the Broncos. And, and I'm just curious, his, from your perspective, when he overcame that injury, at Utah and, and came back. What, what did you What did you see in him? What um, What did you learn about him that would give you the idea that that he was going to be a guy who can make a name for himself in the NFL once once he got that chance? Yeah, that was a significant injury, and he uh, showed a lot of mental toughness and and uh, resiliency in coming back. Um, he was a, a terrific get for us, uh, you know, to get in our program, and and really was more a basketball player when we recruited him. He was uh, more known for his basketball ability, but. But, uh, you know, we had a, an inkling that he could be a really good receiver at this level. And, of course, uh, what he's doing in the NFL now is, is proving that out. We're very proud of him. Had a huge game last week. And uh, he's uh, just a, a hardworking kid that was uh, you know, a great teammate and really did everything that was asked of him for the uh, two years that he was here. Just to follow up, when you, when you saw him make his return the first time uh, in 2016 after that injury, what was, what was kind of the feeling for him after, after what everybody had seen him go through? Well, he was uh, ecstatic you know, to get back on the field. And really, an injury like that, the mental aspect of it is just as difficult as the physical aspect and gaining confidence and, and knowing that you're healed and believing that you're healed and being able to cut loose. And so he was uh, you know, excited that uh, – he had made it back and, and the entire team was as well. And the, and the coaching staff in addition. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Okay. All right. Next question. We'll go to Christopher Kamrani. Hey Kyle, you got me. Gotcha, Chris. Uh, you've been a, you've been a long time proponent for playoff expansion. And obviously this year is going to be funky with everybody potentially playing a different number of games. I'm wondering, um, I'm sure you still feel that way. A, you can correct me if I'm wrong. And B, do you think the Pac-12 deserves to be considered if a team has an impressive enough year this year? Well, A, absolutely more than ever do I feel that the uh, – now more than ever that the uh, playoffs should be expanded. And I think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think it's a matter of if, it's when. Um, so I believe that's uh, on the horizon. Uh, as far as the Pac-12 this year, I think if we are able to get all seven games in, then absolutely we should be considered, and and uh, you know we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But but in my estimation, with a seven-game season, you have a big enough, a large enough body of work that you can get a fair evaluation and, and determine whether or not you deserve to be in the uh, playoff picture. Okay, thanks. Uh, next question will go to Trevor Allen. Hey, Coach. Um, I, I know you're not really into the whole, you know, polls coming in into the season, you know, especially when it, whenever it's picked by the media, but just what are your thoughts being picked third uh, in, in the South? You know, we lost a lot of good players and, and I would say that's probably to be expected and about 
what we anticipated. And, and you're right. We don't put a lot of stock into that. All that really matters is all that matters, period. Not all that really matters. All that matters, period, is what you do on the field. And and uh, everyone will have their chance to, to prove their case as to where they belong and, and how good they are. And and uh, so we're approaching it no differently than we do any other year. And whether we're picked first, third, sixth, doesn't really matter to us. We've got to go out and, and play and, and uh, you know, prove ourselves on the field. All right, next question, we'll go to Larry Stone. Yeah, hi, Coach. Uh, kind of a follow-up to the playoff question. Is there any concern on your part that the reputation of the Pac-12 right now is kind of low compared to the other conferences, and what would it take to elevate that? Uh, I would say it probably, that's probably accurate. Uh, doesn't concern me. We've got to play our way back into the situation and the pitcher. We've just had a few down years, and, and uh, I don't even know if you can call them down years, but years where we didn't have – uh, an elite team that, that was able to run the table and get to the get to the uh, national forefront of where you need to get to be selected for the playoffs. And so, uh, you know, Pac-12 is an outstanding conference. It's very balanced. It's uh, top to bottom, one of the best in the country. And sometimes that plays to your disadvantage. But uh, what we're going to have to have in order to to get invited is is somebody have a breakout year and and. Uh, run the table. I think you pretty much would need to go seven and all six and one, maybe at, at the worst, but, but uh, that's, what's going to have to happen. All right. Next question. We'll go to Nick Hamilton. Hey coach. Thanks for doing this. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, obviously you got the seven game schedule, but how confident are you that you all will be able to finish the season and be able to try to be eligible for the PAC 12 championship with the COVID-19 pandemic numbers continuing to rise? Yeah, that's anybody's best guess to, or anybody's guess to, figure that out we're hoping we're hoping we're able to get them all in and there's really no with the time uh, configuration that we're working with there's really no opportunity to make up games and so if we miss a game that game is just going to be out the window and so uh, you know we're, we're hoping that we get them all in like, you know nobody can predict the future i don't have a crystal ball but but uh that would be we'd all be elated if we get the seven games in and and uh we'll see what transpires but but uh, just cross our fingers and, and hope for the best. Okay, next question will go to Brian Howell. Hey, Coach. Uh, I'm just curious with the unique nature of this season and eligibility uh, not counting this year, does it change your approach at all as far as maybe trying to play some players that uh, you wouldn't normally try to play, or do you take the same approach of playing the best players to win games? Well, you got to get the best guys in the field, obviously, but what it does is gives us the flexibility and the luxury to play everybody, special teams, uh, you know, what have you, to, to be able to involve and use everybody and utilize them, even if it's only for one phase of special teams, whereas in years past, you wouldn't necessarily uh, burn a guy's year to run down on kickoffs only. But this year, where everything is going to be frozen, then it gives you access to your entire roster. You don't have to worry about saving uh, eligibility for future years. And so, yeah, it's going to be – uh, much different in that respect, but as far as your core players and the guys you're going to play offensively and defensively and, and uh, you know, in your two deep, there's not going to be a lot of difference there, but, but I think where you really see it is, is special teams play and, and special teams depth. Okay. Next question. We'll go to David Bush. Hi coach. I just wondered um, that before the last couple of weeks, States had different uh, 
restrictions as far as what players could do on the field because of the COVID protocols. You know, Oregon and California were much stricter than other states. Do you think that down the road that'll be an advantage to schools like you in, in the Arizonas and things? The fact that you were able to do more uh, earlier? Certainly can't hurt. And uh, we tried to maximize what, what we were allowed to do. And with a lot of new players in the program, we have 50-plus uh, freshmen on the rock, opportunity to teach them and, and work for, with them on the field, skill set-wise, technique-wise, fundamentally, than we have ever had before coaches. And so in that respect, the situation we were in and we are in, it worked uh, to our advantage. And we hope that it does pay dividends because, like I said, we got a lot of new guys that, that needed to be uh, on time and, and on the field opportunity than we would have been allowed if it had been a normal uh, structure off season and leading into fall camp. Okay. Next question. Uh, we'll go to a follow-up from Josh Newman. Kyle, um, your athletic director has sounded pretty willing to go with a 10 a.m. start and early morning kickoff as the head coach. How, how willing would you be to play one of those early morning kickoffs? If the league asked you to as willing as you could possibly be. So whatever the maximum willingness level is, that's where we're at. And so doesn't bother us a bit. Uh, our opinion has always been the sooner we can get on the field, the better. Uh, it provides no advantage for either team. They're both kicking off at the same time. And so we've uh, always been strong proponents here, at least our staff and players. Let's play as soon as we can. So that wouldn't bother us a bit. And we would take as many of those as, uh, as they offer to us. Thanks, Kyle. Okay, next question. We'll go to Jody Genesee. Hi, Coach. Uh, first off, uh, a non-football question. You mentioned Eddie Van Halen at the beginning. I'm wondering if there's – is there an ins, uh, a situation that you remember that uh, stands out about your you know how you appreciated his uh, talent level? If it was a concert, a, a moment in your personal life? I did see him a couple of times in concert, but uh, more than anything, I grew up with him. I mean, I'm a, I'm a classic rocker. I grew up in the you know the golden age of the '70s and early '80s when classic rock was at its peak, and uh, they were just one of my favorites. And and uh, you know just had a uh, an affinity for, for that band and, and have listened to them for what, 45 years now. So, so just nothing more than, uh, just love their music and, uh, enjoyed going to their concerts and just, and just, uh, you know, I thought he was one of the top five guitarists of all time, maybe the top three. And, and so he's just been a guy that I've always, uh, really enjoyed listening to. Thanks. How big of an emphasis is it to you to, to repeat as the uh, pack 12 South division champion. And how do you, how do you, what's your grasp on that uh, division this year? Well, to repeat again, I guess we repeated last year. So this would be the next one, whatever that is three feet or whatever, but, but uh, it's a huge emphasis to, to get to the championship game and, and to win it. I mean, that's, that's going to be our goal every year. Now, you know, obviously it's going to be difficult to attain, but uh, winning the pack 12 South is, is good. And it's a, it's a positive step for our program, but, but we got to be able to finish the deal and, and win the whole thing. And I think if you talk to any team in the league, they'd have the same aspiration. But but uh, we certainly want to get to the championship game again and have a chance to finish it off the correct way. And uh, before you can do that, you got to win the South. So that's always going to be at the forefront of our minds. Okay, we'll go back to Ralph Russo. Good morning, Coach. Hey, so I, I got to ask you, so who are your top three or five guitarists of all time? I just I have to ask it. <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix has got to be number one. Uh, he's, uh, in my estimation, and it's a distant, you know, but whoever's second, probably probably Eric Clapton, uh, number two. And, and uh, for my money, it would be 
it would be uh, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, Jeff Beck is up there. So there's, there's quite a few that are up there. But, but if you had to say who the king is, it's got to be Jimi Hendrix. Thanks for playing along, Kyle. Appreciate it. I'm always playing along with classic rock. No problem there. Cool. <clears throat> All right, next question to uh, – we'll go back to Chris Camarani. Kyle, could you update us on how your young secondary is coming along? Obviously, you haven't been able to get them in pads and helmet yet, but I'm just wondering where, where they are in this very um, abbreviated, you know, camp that's going to come up. Yeah. Well, they look good in their underwear so far. Which, <laughs> that's our term when we're out there in no pads. We're just running around in shorts and helmets. Uh, they've got athleticism. They've got speed. Uh, they're smart kids, and so everything we've been able to measure so far has been very positive, but it's a game of uh, physical contact, and, and it's something that uh, you really can't get a complete evaluation, obviously, until you get in the pads, and so I'll have a lot better answer for you a week from now, but so far, what we've seen has been very positive, especially from Clark Phillips, our highly uh, recruited corner out of Southern California that was with us for those three days in spring. And uh, he is proven to be, uh, you know, a special player. And, and uh, we're looking forward to, to seeing what he can do. All right. We're going to go back to David Bush. I think we had some audio issues with his answer, Coach Whittingham. So um, uh, apologies for making you possibly repeat an answer, but uh, the answer did cut out quite a bit during that. So we'll go back to David. Hope I don't change my answer. <laughs> No, the question was about the advantages of uh, your people, schools in your state and Arizona having more access when California and Arizona schools were restricted. That was, yeah, the, that was the question. The short, the short answer is that we feel it was a big advantage, and and hopefully we maximize that, and we had a chance to really uh, educate and catch our young guys up scheme wise uh, in the form room and, and teaching and. So our football team in particular, that was very important because we've got uh, a lot of freshmen and sophomores on the squad. And that was time that we would not have had in a normal situation. So if there is a silver lining to, to the way things uh, turned out, it's that we were able to spend a lot more time with those new players and ramping them up and getting them ready for fall camp, which will get underway here in a couple of days. That was uh, Coach Kyle Whittingham, his media availability today uh, for Media Day for the Pac-12. Uh, we There was still about 10 minutes to go on that thing, and uh, we've got it up in its entirety at uh, 1280thezone.com. But, um, you, you know, I think uh, Witt, I, you know, listening to him there, uh, Gordon, he, I think he realizes it's going to be a different team, certainly with different challenges, says he wasn't surprised being picked third because they did lose so many impact players, but he still sounded confident. Yeah, and that's one thing I like about Kyle Whittingham is that he he answered that question completely truthfully. You know, I mean, and, and there might be some a little bit of muster behind it as far as uh, motivation for his players to show that they're better than that or whatnot. But he said, "Yeah, well, just what you just said." He said, "We lost a lot of really good players, so it's uh, it was kind of expected." But uh, we've learned that sometimes the youths, especially in recent years, can can surprise at times and so it'll be interesting to see you know if they pick up right where they were although the season was a little bumpy there at the end but uh yeah they i expect them to be formidable as far as a, a tough opponent to beat and they've got that favorable schedule that we talked about the other day 
uh, I think uh, Kyle's probably pretty excited to get going. So, you know, they're losing a lot of, of defensive players and really good ones, but when was Utah's defense not fine? You know, they're going to yeah. be fine because they've been fine forever and they've lost a lot of good players along the line. Uh, so I, I think the defense may be not as good as last year, but the defense is going to be fine. It's I, I think it comes down to, Gordon, the quarterback position. I think the line will be better, so I'm not that worried about the line. But do they have a competent quarterback, and then are they going to find the guy at tailback? Uh, because that's always an important factor at the University of Utah, and they've got a good track record there too. And we've gotten to see a little bit, you know, of, of Jordan Wilmore, and and uh, they, that looks pretty good. So there's there's no reason, in my opinion, to think that Utah will be bad. But to yeah. win a third consecutive division, I mean that that is difficult, and there's no room for error here. One loss is going to win the division, likely two losses, and you're out. I would guess. I don't think anybody's going undefeated maybe USC has a chance if things go their way, but I don't think anybody's going undefeated. But you can't lose multiple times. That's going to that's gonna do it. So Well, if Arizona State and USC and Utah, if they all beat each other, then, okay, that's one loss, right? And so what happens after that? I don't know what uh, the tiebreaker is from there. I really Well, don't. I mean, but it, it'll come down to that crossover game. And obviously the Utes have Oregon State in that regard. And I don't expect any of those teams to lose to to Arizona, UCLA. You know, I mean, it's just like you said, it, there's a there's a big drop off there after the top three. But I, I like the uncertainty because it makes it fun. Uh, who knows what might happen? If the offense all comes together, like you said, and. Whoever rises up at running back is going to benefit from that improved offensive line. Yeah, and uh, and like you said, uh, Utah generally has a defense that does not embarrass itself, and I don't expect anything like that, even though they did lose a bunch of good players this time around. Here's your crossover games uh, real quick, Gordon, because okay. you brought that up. Uh, Arizona State, they take on Cal in their crossover game. So that's tougher. Uh, on November the 14th, USC gets Washington State, the Mighty Kooks, oh. on, uh, let's see, December the 4th. So USC, I would guess USC is only losing one game. Hmm. If they lose two, they're losing to both Utah and Arizona State, and that puts them out of the mix. Um, Arizona State, I would guess, is losing one. Although if they lose two, they could they could lose to Cal, they could lose three. I mean, if they lost to Utah, USC, and Cal, um, and then I don't see I don't think Utah losing more than two. So obviously, those games against one another are going to be hugely important. Yeah, well, we I wonder what the the tiebreaker would be. I think that's that might even be the most likely it, scenario. It, it is. They, they it? all beat each other. Well, I mean, yeah, it's the head-to-head competition is the number one tiebreaker, right? Yeah, but how would you work that? You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if you all beat it. each other, I mean, how does mm-hmm. how exactly does that work? Yeah, I don't know what the tiebreaker is there. It's not divisional record in this case. That would be exactly the same too. So I'm not sure. I'll have to look into that. Well, it's uh, it's good to be talking a little bit of Pac-12 football, and uh, because yeah, if, we'll see. What wait, remind me. Uh, what was it? Three years ago, Utah tied USC, right? And USC got the nod because they won head to head. That wasn't a three-way tie, right? 
I don't recall. I'm not sure. I don't think that was a three-way tie. I'll try and look it up. All right, uh, we'll get to more coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Sam Amick will join us at 4 o'clock. David Locke at 5, but joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, let's help our listeners out with their relationships. Yes, we're helping a lot of guys here in Utah that are struggling in the bedroom a little bit. And so many guys have heard us talk about this, and they think, oh, it's too embarrassing. ED is so tied to a man's ego that sometimes it goes untreated. And what we see is the problem gets worse. Guys take more pills and the side effects get worse. Also, Uh, I would invite those listening to go to the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com, read studies from Cambridge, from the American Urological Association and so many others showing that acoustic wave therapy opens up and regrows blood vessels. ED is a blood flow problem at the end of the day. And if you're experiencing erectile dysfunction, you likely have a blood flow or a blood circulation problem. That is exactly what these treatments address and correct. And what we're seeing is guys eliminating the pill completely. They're not having to take any injections. The thought of surgery is off the table. And that is a game changer for a lot of guys. Game changer. You mentioned that. I, I would think so, Andrew. Getting back to normal, that'd be a huge game changer. Not having to worry about the planning and all that stuff. Heaven forbid the the shots. I mean, I, I would say game changer. Absolutely. If, if uh, there's a guy that's, let's say he's 45 years old, the function that you had when you were 30, that's a pretty good expectation. And that's the kind of stuff that we hear all the time is, okay, it didn't take me back to 20 years old, but it took me back to normal, normal function with my partner that is significant. This is such a big part of life, and these treatments, I think it's safe to say they're a breakthrough. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Get on that schedule because there's a lot in it for you for free. It takes out all the risk, right? Yes. If you're out there struggling with erectile dysfunction, you're fed up with the pills, call us now. We'll do the doctor's exam and assessment, which is kind of a screening, by the way, to make sure you're a good candidate. Totally free. That's your chance to ask questions, Um, you know, get everything off your chest. He'll test your blood vessels to see what kind of condition they're in. We'll do that free. We'll also include a little special gift that I don't think I've ever seen this fail. It produces instant results in the bedroom. It's free just for making the trip. Also, new patients at Wasatch Medical get testosterone for free. I know guys spending thousands of dollars on this. It's free with us, so we've got the drive and the energy aspect covered. We've got the erectile dysfunction covered as well. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Appreciate Thanks, you. Great. All right, more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Uh, proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than any other method. The powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res cleaning today. Uh, talking a little you football here for a second, Gordon. Uh, did a little uh, did a little digging during the break. Okay. And uh, I, I think that 
USC, Utah, and Arizona State all beating each other and giving each other one loss is a fairly realistic scenario. Might not be the most likely, but I certainly could see it happen, couldn't you? Yes. So here's the rules about tiebreakers uh, between multiple teams, assuming that they get uh, six games in. Now, there are some other procedural things if some teams have more, some teams have less. But for the sake of conversation right now, we'll just go through if they all get six games in. So multiple team ties. You ready? Yes. Number one, and this, of course, is uh, until you eliminate at least one team from a uh, three-way tie. Number one, head-to-head, best record in games among the tied teams. In this circumstance, it'd be the same, right? Because they would have all beat each other. Number two, Record in games played within the division, in this case, also would be the same. Number three, record against the next highest placed team in the division based on record in all games played within the conference proceeding through the division, in which case they'd be the same because they'd be 1-0 against whoever is in fourth. Right? Okay. Number four, record in common conference games, in this case, would be the same. (laughs) <laughs> Bringing us to the fifth and final standard, Gordon, highest ranking by Sport Source Analytics following the last weekend of regular season games. What? We're going back to the BCS, baby, where the, <laughs> the random computer poll is going to determine a champion. God bless America. Uh, hopefully there will be some shakeup in there somewhere. If they all beat each other. I, th- I could see that happen because the rest of the division is so bad. Arizona State has the tougher crossover game with Cal. Uh, but, I mean, USC is not losing to Washington State. I don't see that happening. I don't see the Utes losing to uh, to the Beavs either. I mean, maybe Arizona, Colorado, or UCLA could bite somebody, I guess. But I, I don't know. I, uh, this seems like a fairly likely scenario to me, and that would be wild if some random computer poll decided. I wonder if USC would be more vulnerable toward UCLA because of the rivalry. But with no fans. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I know. But uh, that usually gets pretty fired up straight on down to the players themselves. Well, I don't know. We'll see. UCLA does have uh, more of an upperclassman team than they've had before, right? I guess, if you want to look at it that way. <laughs> Still not expecting much out of the Bruins this year. The Buffs, changing coaches. And who knows what Kevin Sumlin is doing in Arizona, but whatever it's, whatever he's doing, it ain't working. Well, it it certainly isn't thought to be working. So maybe they surprise somebody, but I'll tell you what. Um, it, it looks like if you're going to win the division, I think you got to go undefeated. Well, I'll, I'll you know, I keep looking at SC and thinking this team should be in really good shape. But as much as I like Clay Helton as a as an individual, I. It, <laughs> If if you put a top drawer coach at the head of that program, I, I just I, I think they'd be tough to beat year in and year out. Well, I think they're going to be tough to beat with uh, Keaton Stabak Slovis. <laughs> I think he's going to make them pretty dangerous. Well, he he'll be better this year than he was last. And you were convinced he was going to the Hall of Fame after his first start last year. That's not what I said. You wrote a whole column about it. I, well, that's because the Utes were playing SC that week, right? And it was how on earth are they going to beat this slowest kid? I did kid? not say how that. How is that even it. possible? This, that's he's going to throw for 1,000 yards in a single game. He's good. I was right. 
<laughs> then didn't he turn around and lose to BYU? Or was it the other way around? I don't remember. Actually, yeah, they weren't playing the Utes the next week. They were playing BYU, wasn't it? Yeah, I, oh, I, it was I after they beat the Utes. That's right. Then it was the column, was Slovis it? for Heisman. I did not write that. Stop it. <laughs> Slovis for Heisman. Freshman Heisman, the next Johnny football. And then they lost to BYU. That isn't exactly what I said. But uh, Austin is shaking his head like that wasn't what happened either. No, the, the, yeah. the Slovis came in against Stanford. Right. Then BYU was the next week. Was the next game. After BYU was the Utah game. Okay, so you wrote the, the Slovis for Heisman after Stanford. I believe and so. And then they lost to BYU. And then they yes. beat the Utes. Okay. Yes. Glad we got that down. But anyway, I, I would uh, think you'd think the Trojans are going all the way. Well, I, I would pick USC to win the South. Uh, Oregon's going to be good, too. Uh, so we'll see how that I honestly don't out. see where USC slips, though, uh, in all seriousness. They could slip against Arizona State and the Utes. And, and I don't see them slipping in both those games. Well, even if you say that uh, the Trojans have to come up to Rice-Eccles, but how many fans are going to be in the stands? It says, I don't know what the effect of a road game is anymore. Uh, I know it's greatly diminished, but I don't know whether the travel bothers teams. I don't know if the unfamiliar environs troubles teams. Uh, the field is the same. The goalposts are the same. You would expect them to be able to take advantage of road games more this year than any other. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what is happening inside the minds of, uh, of young athletes. Well, I would guess that USC doesn't slip more than once. Maybe once is likely, but I don't see them losing to both Arizona State and Utah. Do you? No, unless something weird happens. And I don't think Clay Helton's a great coach. So when you have that kind of issue, uh, I think that does add some unpredictability but as I said, if Urban Meyer were the coach of SC this year, I'd be picking SC to win the conference. Well, he's and not. I, well, I know. And so, I don't, I'm not sure what, why he's not. Because but, some bad stuff happened at Ohio State that the new AD at USC wanted no part of? It's all about winning, baby. Well, apparently it's not because he didn't get the job. <laughs> so... There's a new president at USC who's been given instruction to clean house and keep things on the up and up for very good reason, by the way. And uh, you mean that, like not give scholarships to people who aren't on even on barely even touch an oar on the crew team and stuff like that? Well, I would hope the standard is above felony behavior, but yeah, let's start there. <laughs> well, we can start there and work our way up. And and you know hey, what, man, that, in the in the SEC, that's Tuesday, man. Come on. And the way Urban, I know uh, Urban's thought highly of around here by you fans, and I get why. But the 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 way he left wait, Ohio. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. He's, he's he's highly thought of everywhere, other than his indiscretion. At Ohio but that's why I'm saying that was kind of a big deal. I would get why a team is trying to free itself from scandal would not hire Urban Meyer because that scandal was. I mean, it was. I don't want to say whether it's serious. That's what I'm looking for. It was okay. a, that was a serious situation, and if USC is truly trying to uh, be above the fray and get away from that reputation that you're cheering on about how winning is the only thing that matters, then Urban Meyer I think would have been a controversial hire at very least. And Clay Helton had just signed an extension, so 
I don't know. I understand why they didn't hire Urban Meyer, but they didn't, being the point. And I still think that they can win the division this year. Uh, yeah. They would be my pick to win the division. But I, I am interested in the concept of how many times do these uh, upper South Division teams slip up? Because that's, that's what's going to matter. Do they slip up once against a decent team or do they slip up against a bad team? Because I'm expecting everybody have at least a loss. But then can the, the dregs of the conference uh, cause another one? Well, and you've obviously got another variable thrown into the mix, and that is, does somebody get sick? And if a key player does, then what happens? Well, there are some other scenarios, uh, tiebreakers with uneven uh, records, but I, I don't think we need to go that deep into the weeds. <laughs> we went pretty deep. All right, stay tuned. While more coming up next, don't forget Sam Amick at 4, David Locke at 5. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Busted flat in Baton Rouge, waiting for a train, and I was feeling near as faded as my jeans. Bobby thumbed a diesel down just before it rained. They rode us all the way to New Orleans. I pulled my harpoon and my dirty red bandana. I was playing soft while Bobby sang the blues. Windshield wiper slapping time. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. I just had a, a, a boring song. I just had a moment with Austin there coming back. Uh, Austin thinks this is a boring song. And uh, then I, I said to Austin, what are you talking about? Chris Christopherson wrote this song, to which Austin replied, who is Chris Christopherson? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which frustrated me a little bit. But I, I love this. Me and Bobby McGee. You know, uh, uh, Willie Nelson has a really good version of this song, too. Okay. I did not know that. Well, give it a give I it thought a Janis Joplin was a rocker. Uh, she, more she, bluesy, I'd say, uh, than rocker. I'd she, say she was a rocker, too. Well, that song's not right. Well, Bill, Big Brother and the Holding Company was definitely a blues band. And, uh, yeah, she kind of gets – anyway, yeah, she was – I consider her one of the best blues singers of all time. So, I mean, I guess if you want to call that a, a rocker, maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm thinking I'm going with the blues. Okay. Uh, Gordon, you want to you tell me if this is funny or not. Austin and I were just, uh, were just talking about this during the break. Um, or actually a few breaks ago. So the vice presidential debate is tonight, and there's yes. going to be limited uh, access. I don't know. All I've heard is they're limiting the number of people inside. I haven't heard specifics. But I saw a report, and maybe this is true or not. I have no clue. Uh, a report that the Trump campaign is leaving tickets for somebody at the front door. You know who okay. that somebody is? I do not. The late Tupac Shakur. Oh, really now? Yes. Um, is there a reason for that? Well, I guess one of Kamala Harris's gaffes out there is she said that Tupac Shakur is uh, her favorite rapper alive. Oh. And so as a, as a, a troll, <laughs> they're leaving uh, tickets for Tupac at the front door. That's kind of Bush League, isn't it? Oh, I don't know about Bush League. I mean, it's definitely a, a troll job. It's kind of funny, but I don't know. Is that is that Bush League? I mean, Bush League is what President Trump did to Ted Cruz, claiming his father killed JFK. That's that's Bush League. I this is this is just 
This seems more playful than that. What's more likely, Ted Cruz's dad killed JFK or that Tupac is actually alive? Hmm, that's a let us know. That's an interesting question. So I don't know. Where do you draw the line in Bush League? Is that Bush League? Kind of is. I would not advise that. It's very, uh, uh, it's very juvenile. Wait, Bush League is is your uh, bar for what you'd advise? (laughs) I would advise against it. Is what I'm saying. Jerry Glanville used to leave tickets for Elvis all the time. Remember that? Man, Jerry Glanville, he was a weird dude, wasn't he? I've seen Elvis walking up and down Beck Street. No one believes me. But he's there. But he he works at Cowboy Joe's Dog Boarding uh, out there on (laughs) Beck Street. And lives in the Marmalade District? I don't know where he lives, but he he walks dogs up and down Beck Street. And it is Elvis. It has to be. But Elvis would be quite old if he were alive today. Okay. Yeah. Is he wearing a jumpsuit or what's? Uh, He's what's wearing some you bejeweled uh, leather. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if you were Elvis, wouldn't you wear like a you know like a, I don't know, like some khakis and a button up or something? He's got a belt buckle that says King. <laughs> I, I'm I not wonder, making this up. See, that's the thing. Would El- if Elvis were alive today, he would. Uh, he well, he died. What was he about forty-seven years old? If you believe he died. And that was in seventy-seven. So he would be quite old, like you said. Be, if you want but, to disappear, that's a good place to work. Cowboy Joe's dog boarding, no one will ever suspect. But why would he want to disappear? All the fame, it's torturous. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, he would be quite, uh, quite ancient. But what I find interesting is that you're right. Just because he dressed a certain way 50, 60 years ago doesn't mean he would be doing that now. He's not necessarily going to have big lamb chop sideburns. He does. <laughs> this guy does. But Austin did bring up an interesting question during the break. If you did want to go to the debate tonight up at Kingsbury Hall, could you change your name fast enough to claim those tickets? <laughs> Legally. See, I think the hard part would be getting identification. Yeah, they probably wouldn't accept a printout from the court. Right. It's got to be an actual driver's license a note from the judge accompanied with a selfie saying a signed affidavit yeah Yeah, with the seal of the supreme court i don't know if that would count so so here's the question can anyone change their name to any name they want even if it belonged to someone else i think so i mean i'm unless it's trademark i don't think i'm the only jake scott in the world so you're not in fact, there was a yeah. great dolphin back there, in the yeah, day. Yeah, there was. His MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that if, okay, so name me somebody famous. Gordon Monson. Name me somebody else famous. Lisa Monson. Come on. Uh, uh, Burt Bacharach. <laughs> Jeez, how about, really? how about LeBron James? Okay, LeBron James. So somebody, can, somebody says, I want to be known as LeBron James so they can go down to the courthouse and have their name changed to LeBron? Why yeah. not? Why not? I, I don't know. It just seems... A man dirty. had his name changed to Meta World Peace. I think they're all right with LeBron. <laughs> well, at least he wasn't copying someone else. Well, there are that, other that, Gordon Monsons that's... in the world. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, but I don't think people changed their name to it. They were just, that came natural. You may not be able to change it to Coca-Cola. But that's, even a, that's then, a trademark You can thing. change your know. name to whatever you want. You, you can't, can. you, you probably actually could change your name to Coca-Cola and sell cola beverage under the name Coca-Cola and legally say, hey, that's my name. You could not. It just, without the same logo, maybe? Yeah, right. 
have it have it uh, you know printed in some other font. <laughs> so then that begs the question then if you could change your name that would you would lift it from some other famous person which name would you pick? Riptorn. Riptorn had the most amazing <laughs> stage name ever created. How hi, I'm Riptorn. That's incredible. Whatever you want, you get it. That is incredible. That 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 is the answer right there. Rip- Didn't he pass away a few years, a couple of years ago? Somewhere? He did, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. That, if you believe he passed that's away. That's the answer is, oh, is Riptorn. Okay. I'm glad you guys agree on that. Incredible. I've always thought that, that he had the best stage name. His out real there. name was Elmore. Really? Elmore Rule Torn was his name. His real name was Torn, yeah, though. Yeah. Wow. Started going by uh, the nickname Rip as a child because his father and him, it was a senior junior thing. Huh. If my name was Elmore, I'd change it to Rip in a second. Rule Torn, though, is kind of a good name. R U A L. Rule. Huh. Well, Rip Anywhere. Torn. There, there you go. That's the answer. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Sam Amick. Stay tuned. Wrote a great piece. Had a great interview with Michelle Roberts for The Athletic. We'll uh, talk to him about that as well as the NBA Finals. Locke is with us at uh, 5, but joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, Andrew Reinhardt with us here on The Big Show. Andrew, uh, helping our listeners with a new treatment uh, for a very old problem. Yes, it is a very old problem, erectile dysfunction. If you're out there struggling a little bit in the bedroom, you want to listen to this. Uh, Wasatch Medical uses something called acoustic wave therapy. It kind of looks like an ultrasound machine. It's placed on the skin for about 10 minutes. You'll do this a few times, by the way. It opens up and regrows blood vessels. Uh, Clinical study after clinical study, x-rays and tests that show we can increase blood flow by 40, 50, 60%. So what does that mean? It means we can put a stop to the erectile dysfunction. And here is the key takeaway. We do it without a pill, without injections, with no supplements. This is the natural and the normal function back in the bedroom. And I'll tell you, we've treated thousands of guys, and there are a lot of love lives that have changed as a result of this. Yeah, you say it changed and love lives, you know, relationships. These are these are really important things. I bet you've encountered a lot of spouses uh, that are are uh, grateful for the treatments as well. Absolutely, we we can't forget that erectile dysfunction affects two people. It's not just the man; it's his significant other, and so many guys that you know this isn't a big deal until you have ED. You don't even think about it until one day it's wow, it's not what it used to be. It progressively gets a little bit worse. The pills don't work or they cause side effects. And as far as I know, our treatments are the only thing that treat the root cause problem of ED, and they do it without any side effects at all. 801-901-8000, Relationships are a big part of life. Uh, you know, help yours out, 801-901-8000. Plus, uh, you're doing a lot for free right now, right, Andrew? We are doing a lot for free, mostly because we know that this is a sensitive topic, and guys are a little hesitant to do it. So uh, this is the special. Call us. We'll set you up with our doctor for free. You'll spend about 30 minutes with him. He'll go through your medical history. He'll even do a blood flow ultrasound for free, no charge. We're going to throw in a, a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. That is worth the trip, trust me. Plus, Call us now. New patients get free testosterone. So we've got every angle of erectile dysfunction covered. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys.
That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. Sam Amick, next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.